what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host. For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Here's some outdoor breaking news from the revolution. After much debate, careful planning, and a few dozen keg stands, Jim and I have decided to throw our hats in the ring and to run in the 2013 election. How come you guys didn't tell me they decided to move it up a year? You have got to be kidding. Anyways, so please, when you step into that polling booth this coming election, And before you close that ugly little gray or blue sheet behind you and accidentally vote for Ralph Nader, we want you to remember one thing. Jim and Trav, free beer, ammo, and bear tags for everyone. Long live Pantera! Woo! Thanks for your time. Welcome, welcome to The Revolution with Jim and Trav, where they're changing the way you look at the outdoors. The studio lines are now open at 785-846-7647. Jim, I think we need to start writing our acceptance speeches. Seriously, dude, we have got this you in think the we bag. Got it this I do, I, yes, I do. Two co-presidents. I'm going to take it Monday through Wednesday. You take it Thursday through Sunday. You know I don't like I get to work weekends. Tough. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, today we're analyzing the pros and cons of baiting, and our panel consists of the legendary Hank Parker. You betcha. He's currently on hold. Whitetail Institute, Steve Scott. Nick Rose with Wildlife Properties. Chris Kiefer with Backcountry Quest and Rec One. And Matt Buzzbys with Wild Game Innovation. I've often said that Hank Parker is a legend, but his mustache is legendary, buddy. It, you know it. it is, seriously. But hey, we want to give a big shout out to Ram Trucks. The new 2011 Ram Outdoorsman. For making this all happen. Thanks a bunch, guys. Yeah, there you go. Doing a great job. Jimmy could have clapped harder. <laughs> Took you a long time to join in. Thanks for that. Anyways, well, again, we're discussing the pros and cons of baiting. And now we're being joined by the legendary Hank Parker. And everybody, give it up for Hank. That's right, Hank. You are a beautiful, beautiful man. <laughs> now, Hank, when does supplementing an animal's natural diet by way of food plots become baiting? And I'm going to give you a couple examples here because we've gotten a lot of response this week about this topic. And uh, people want some answers. So uh, here's an example. What's the difference between putting out a feeder filled with corn and 40 yards from it setting up, I don't know, a box blind versus planting a 20-acre food plot, then setting out trail cameras, pattering them all summer just to find out where the little honey holes are, the hot spots, then going out there and uh, erecting a tree stand. Now, for me, there's a clear distinction between the two. However, we've gotten a lot of response, and people feel as though this is one in the same. How do you feel about it? Well, I think there's a whole lot of uh, mixed emotions, and I talk to a lot of people all the time that have different feelings, but I'm a fisherman, and I could fish with a bare hook, but it it pays off <laughs> if you put a plastic worm on that hook. So I think baiting is a good thing. Uh, I think you can be more selective in your harvest. I think you have a better chance of killing a bigger deer, a more mature deer, 
uh, whether it be whether you're trying to harvest dough or whether you're after a trophy buck. And if you really look at baiting, and this is one thing that I try to tell people all the time, I'm a fortunate person. I get to travel and hunt some premier places, yeah. and I have a farm of my own, and I can put out food plots. But there are a lot of guys that work 40 hours a week, and yep. they don't have the money, and they don't have the farm, and they don't have the wherewithal to grow a food plot. And Khmer Deer is a food plot in a bottle. It's affordable. And if they have a son or daughter that they want to take on a hunting trip, they have the opportunity yep. to bait up a place with some Khmer Deer and see deer right away. They may not get to kill a deer, may not harvest what they're looking for, but at least they get to see deer. And that is so important when we're hunting with kids to have some activity. Yeah. Now, the thing is, with Khmer deer, how long does it take for them to say, hey, this stuff is pretty good compared to the stuff I've been eating? We have tried really hard the last five years to make it every year more effective faster. Yeah. And that is the whole thing because a lot of people put it out on Friday and hunt, on it, hunt over it on Saturday. And so we're trying to get deer to respond sooner than later. So uh, most Khmer deer products, in all honesty, take an average of three days before deer find them and, and start coming to it and feel free about it. You know, they're a little intimidated by bait to start with. And the more you learn how to apply bait, talk about putting out a corn feeder and putting a box stand up 25 or 30 or 40 yards or 100 yards away, those big five-year-old bucks, they get kind of they figure that out. You they get leery. A lot of big mature bucks like that. People tell me all the time, "Well, I think you're taken away from the experience because no. you don't learn how to go out and be a good woodsman. You don't find the persimmon trees or the acorn trees or whatever. Whatever. And that's totally wrong for me. With Khmer deer, I don't ever work against nature. I work with it. I yes. take my stands in portably and. Uh, I work with nature. I try to find where the deer are feeding, and then I try to lure that bigger deer off to the side where I can get a bow shot at him. And that's where Khmer deer's really paid off for me. But different hunters have different methods and different reasons to be using bait. But I think every state ought to allow baiting. We're losing our youth, and yep. uh, they're not buying hunting license, and they're not participating in our sport. I hunted for 17 trips when I was a kid before I ever saw my first deer. My <laughs> grandchildren are not going to do that these days. Yeah. They've got to see deer. Yep. And that's one thing Khmer Deer will help us do, baiting in general, whether you're using Khmer Deer or another brand. Uh, to be able to bait is going to be a big asset to helping keeping our youth involved in our sport. Oh, hey, dude, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, you're talking about a guy working 40 hours a week. Well, realistically, anymore, we're working 60, 65, 70-plus hours a week just to provide for our family. So, you know what? That doesn't leave us much time on the weekends for family time. So, you know, when we step out there, we can't afford anymore not to be successful because, you know what? My first objective when I go out is, is to fill my freezer. Because you know what? That cuts down on my grocery bill. My second objective is, I mean, I want a big old rack to hang on the wall. So, you know, my wife and I were actually sitting on the couch last night, and I said, you know, if I didn't use scent eliminator, and if I didn't use trail cameras, and if I didn't use deer attractant, would I be successful? 
Well, there's a good chance that I would, and there's an even greater chance that I wouldn't. So hands down, every time I go out, I'm going to use absolutely every single thing that is available to me to help me be successful. Now, with saying that, we're not implying that any deer attracting or bait in general is going to make you successful. It won't. It will not guarantee a harvest. However, I do feel as though it gives you that upper edge. And you know, if you put out bait and you're trying to harvest a doe, and you got deer coming over there. So you put out some Khmer deer three-day harvest, 30 yards, 40 yards, 50 yards from your tree stand. And you have a deer come in there. You can look and see whether he's got little knots on his head yep. or whether it's truly a doe. So you can do a better job managing a deer herd and not shooting that little buck that don't need to be shot. Make sure you harvest a good, old, mature doe. So there's a lot of advantages from a conservation standpoint as to why baiting is effective. Well, actually, uh, what I found out, Hank, is if I put out a lot of Khmer deer, chances are Hank Parker's going to be there to shoot the deer that I want to shoot. <laughs> you're, you're, you're there. You come with every bottle. <laughs> yeah, now, Hank, you're probably not going to believe this, but it's real time, baby. Woo! Let's pick one out to read. Letters. Oh, we get letters. We get your letters every day. We get them daily. Mailman, mailman, mail today. Reach right in and pull one out. Quickly, who's the Time for the Revolution Mailbag. <laughs> Anyways, Elliot Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world, writes in. Hey, Mr. Parker. Up until three years ago, I wasn't having a great deal of luck with my hunting. And this was partially due to excessive hunting pressure from my surrounding neighbors and overall poor quality of habitat. But since I started using your Khmer deer, I instantly started having much more success and began harvesting bigger, healthier, and more mature bucks. But now my neighbors have begun criticizing my actions and have accused me of privatizing public natural resources. Anyways, Mr. Hank, I just thought you'd like to know I wanted to express my true gratitude to you and say thanks for making such a wonderful product as Khmer Deer. Writes Elliot in Austin, Texas. I guess say, Hank, privatizing a natural resource? First of all, that's two big words, and they're very strong words at that. So uh, how would you respond to Elliot's accused actions? Well, nobody likes success, and the, the <laughs> people that are the most successful are going to get the most criticism. So if he's having success, they automatically don't like it. But you're going to have opposition in everything you do, and you just have to really be logical about it and yep. think about what they're, what they're criticizing. And I, for one, am not a high-fence hunter. I'm not a crossbow hunter. I'm not a, uh, I, I'm not a recurve hunter. I'm not a lot of different things. I don't hunt with shotguns and I don't hunt with dogs. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to criticize those yep. guys who do that. Exactly. I, I think we need to come together as a strong fraternity to fight for our rights as hunters and quit worrying about the little petty stuff. If you don't want to hunt over bait, fine. Don't hunt over bait. I don't have a problem with that. But if I want to hunt over bait, don't fall out with me. Stay my brother. Stay my friend. And let's stay in a strong fraternity to be able to uh, fight against things that are really important, like preserving our game rights. You bet. Well, hey, we've been talking with Hank Parker, and he's talking about, hey, baiting is good, and you need to get out there and do it this fall. That's right. And, hey, Hank, if we want to find out more about you and Khmer Deer, where can we head to online to do that? 
You can go to HankParker.com and look us up. Hey, cool, man. This was sponsored by Ram Trucks. You can find them at RamTrucks.com and Loophole Tactical Optics. Makers of the Mark IV Rysicle Blind. Look them up at Loophole.com and Blackhawk. That's Blackhawk.com. And how about Otis Technology? That's OtisTech.com and Ruger Firearms. That's Ruger.com and Cabela's, the world's foremost outfitter at Cabela's.com. But hey, guys, gals, coming up right after the break, we're going to have Steve Scott with the Whitetail Institute. Oh, it's going to be so good. And this is The Revolution. Break it up! You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Potential. That can be a troubling thought to some of us. Either you live up to it and meet expectations or you don't. And then there are those who aim to exceed potential. The ones who go out and dare to be great. Reset the bar. Ignore the critics. Because they have the vision and the guts to live outside the walls of expectations. They go beyond the trappings of fads and trends. And they make machines that last. They design with a greater purpose. They work at places like Ram, where they make trucks like the outdoorsman. For people like you who seek far-reaching places, the new 2011 Ram Outdoorsman. Guts. Glory. Ram. Ram is a registered trademark of Chrysler Group, LLC. Otis Technology, the most advanced gun care system in the world. Visit OtisTech.com. That's O-T-I-S-T-E-C dot com today. It's a revolution! I love it! You guys are so great! Hey, folks, you don't have to put a ring on it, but commit to the revolution either by listening to our weekly podcast or following us on Twitter or send Travis a personal check. Heck yeah! Or possibly writing him hate mail to Travis's in-laws. Oh, but seriously, look us up at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. Actually, I'm really serious about the, the writing hate mail to my in-laws. <laughs> They're terrible people. Oh, can't stand those guys. So again, we're chatting about the pros and cons of baiting. Just kind of kicking some ideas around about that and also how horrible my in-laws are. But Steve Scott from the Whitetail Institute is on a telly. He just gave us a ring. And you know, Steve, do you honestly think that baiters and their land are prepared to sustain the possible increase in population? Because you know that's going to happen as soon as you put out a bait site. Obviously, your population is going to increase. And I don't think that they're prepared for that um, possible influx by a constant base site. How do you feel, Steve? I, I feel like they need to, uh, that's one of the main things they need to address if they're going to bait. It's yeah. something that they will have an ingress of animals and uh, in every situation is different within counties and certainly within states. Some places have too many deer and that needs to be addressed quickly. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing that could do more damage to the habitat than too many miles eating on the on the uh, preferred species. So, uh, yeah, they need to make sure that if they're going to bait or if they're not going to bait, they need to address population control, really probably number one. Yeah, yeah well, no, the Whitetail Institute, yeah, I mean, you have a lot of different things that uh, can enhance the uh, nutrition for wildlife, but uh, does the size of the plot make a big difference other than the number of, of uh, miles that it can sustain? Uh, you know, there's some argument there, but uh, it, and that's pretty much the number one thing is going to be how many miles it can feed. Uh, it's how small it could get. We've got products that, uh, you know, will plant, you know, dozens of acres, and we've got products that will plant as small as 4,500 square feet. For Seriously? A secret spot. Really? Uh, it's not going to feed a lot of deer, but it, and it's more of a, 
uh, an attraction plot. Um, the term hunting plots is, is being used a lot. They generally, you know, are in a quarter acre to an acre in size that may be irregular shape that are a little bit easier to hunt. Uh, and then they've got some people that will go and plant some bigger plots, maybe two, three, four, five, six, eight acres, uh, more toward the center of their property. They're called feeding plots that can produce more tonnage and, and feed more animals. Yeah. Now, Steve, obviously, we've done a little bit of preparation for today's show and talking to a whole bunch of people in the darn cons- little, darn little. <laughs> and the consensus are showing to us that honestly, when it comes to baiting or doing food plots, because there is a clear distinction between the two of those, it seems like honestly. People don't know enough about this. Like you're saying, there's just a lot of steps in preparation that has to go into this. And I think people are under the misconception of, hey, I get a soil sample. Then I talk to Steve Scott that, hey, maybe do a little bit of irrigation work. And voila, we are going to be inundated this fall with just a tremendous amount of wildlife. And that's not how it is. I think people have misconstrued what a food plot is and the amount of work that actually goes into it. Now, I'm not saying this is a lot of work like Physically, it's more or less mentally taxing because you really need to sit down and figure out a plan of attack before you even approach this. And honestly, to be truthful, it's like raising a kid. It really is. It, it, it is. And it's something, if you're going to do it right, there's some things yeah. that require minimal, you know, a, a smaller amount of effort. But if somebody gets into food plots, yeah, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And the, the most important thing someone can do, and I hate to use the word test, at <laughs> uh, all here, but a soil test is simple to do, inexpensive yep. to do. But if people are going to plant a food plot, if they don't remember anything else from this conversation, a soil test is the best money they'll ever spend. Yeah, we know you talk very much about uh, about the numbers of animals that may come to that food plot, and uh, and everyone seems to think that that's a problem. But at the same time, if you're going to cull the herd, why not have them concentrated? That's kind of the way I think too. Uh, you know, it's something that. If you're really going to be in the population's control and really work hard at it, uh, you know, food plots are a great way to attract a lot of deer and be able to be selective and uh, get a little bit more time to look at the animals as opposed to one that's, you know, walking down a trail in some thick woods. Uh, mm-hmm. You can make better decisions. I think it's also a great way to get the numbers that you harvest up. I will say this, that if you shoot a lot of does off your food plots, yep. those four- and five-year-old bucks are going to be much less likely to show up. Oh, you're spot on, Steve. Now, hey, real quick, man, if we want to find out more about you guys, possibly your food plots, or just pick your brain about absolutely a anything. Whitetail Institute or deer? Whitetail Institute. Oh, what are we going to do? Email a deer? <laughs> Is that how we're going to do this, Jim? No, if we I want to find out week. more about this in old uh, pick Steve's brain, where can we find you guys online? Okay, we're uh, our website's uh, whitetailinstitute.com. Right on. There's a lot of I's, a lot of T's in there, but it's whitetailinstitute.com. <laughs> and also, one of the things we've got going on is where we offer uh, DVDs about an hour long. Really? Also, about six samples of seed. Uh, they can get that free. All they pay shipping and handling. Uh, they can call our 800 number or go to our website. Our 800 number is 800-688-3030. And uh, uh, they can order that uh, DVD and those free samples of seed. All they'll pay is nine ninety five for shipping and handling. And it's a tremendous amount of information in that DVD if somebody's got any interest at all in planting food plots or attracting more deer. Yeah. Hey, if we do this online school thing with the White Tail Institute, do we actually get a cap and gown and a diploma? Oh, I need that so bad. I never got the real one, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and we've got more on the food plots, and I know we were originally talking about talking about baiting and and there is a lot of uh, a lot of people out there trying to blur the lines between food plots and baiting, but yeah. they are two totally different things. And uh, yeah. uh, we don't bash baiting by any means if it's legal in a state. 
But I think a food plot's a much better option. It does require more work, does require a little more money, a little more effort. But uh, the rewards are, are definitely much, much better. Oh, I couldn't agree more. But, you know, Steve, we, we just want to throw this out there that we don't care either way. If you want to bait, if you want to be high fence, if you want to be a naturalist and hunt naked, I don't give a <laughs> crap. We don't really care. I, I don't well, think. Well, we do do that, yeah, we, well, Only on occasions when it's warm. But, you know, <laughs> I, I really think that who really gives a crap? Hunting is hunting. You know, we all need to be out there promoting it. However, this is an extremely um, touchy, highly sensitive topic that people um, want to talk touchy. about. Well, it is. And I think it brings out the people that are looking for a fight. Yeah. And, um, you know, and there's people really passionate about it on both sides. And that's good, probably, as long as, you know, we don't start to allow the, uh, well, for lack of a better word, the antis to divide and conquer. Yeah, totally. Hey, we've been talking with Steve Scott. Steve Scott. That's what I said. I don't know what you said, but it is something. We've been talking with Steve (laughs) Scott. He's with the Whitetail Institute. That's right. And Steve, since we cannot spell or talk very well, (laughs) you got to hand out your web address one more time. Appreciate that. It's uh, whitetailinstitute.com. Yeah. And uh, our 800 number is 800-688-3030. You bet. And you got to know that, that this guy's successful. He's, he's got 3030 in his phone number. Jim, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> that, that was the most informational part of this interview. Well, hey, this has been brought to you by Ram Trucks. You can find them at ramtrucks.com and at Ruger Firearms. That's Ruger.com and Otis Technology. Check them out at otistech.com and the programs of the NRA. They can be found at nrablog.com and how about not alone? That's notalone.com and Yellowstone Fly Rods. That's yellowstonefly.com and Steiner Binoculars. That's steiner-binoculars.com. Oh, my God, is that a lot of people to say. But, hey, come up right after the break, we're going to have old Cat Daddy. And you guessed it, people. This is, yeah, the revolution. Listen to it. Before, during, and after the show, the revolution continues 24-7 at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. school to the pros we we cover everything everything. let your voice be heard voice america sports kick off your countdown to hunting season with the bass pro shops land and wildlife expo at the gaylord Opryland resort august 12th through 14th explore hundreds of indoor and outdoor exhibits featuring hunting products equipment and celebrity appearances test drive the ram truck lineup and popular atvs and visit the kids village too the bass pro shops land and wildlife expo presented by ram truck august 12th through 14th at the gaylord Opryland resort in nashville free for kids under 12 for more information specials and discounts visit landandwildlifeexpo.com the new Ruger LC9 Centerfire Pistol, a compact, powerful 9mm pistol designed for discreet carry, is also a full power, no compromise backup pistol, incorporating the rugged reliability Ruger is known for. Visit Ruger.com LC9 to learn more. Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their many stores with the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. Cabela's, celebrating 50 years as the world's foremost outfitter. You're listening to the Revolution, and the phone lines are open. That's right. you got to give us a call at 75-846-7647. But you know what, Jim? Right now, we are talking with Cat Daddy. He's the big guy. He is the king of all cat fishermen. That's right. He hates bass fishermen. <laughs> no, he does not. He cat uses Daddy. it for bait. Yes, he Get does. Get out of here. <laughs> Actually, I heard <laughs> Kevin Van Dam is scared of Cat Daddy. That's right. <laughs> 
I, I doubt it. I mean. <laughs> oh, whatever. You are too, Kevin. Anyways, come on. Tell us what you mean here. Elaborate a little bit. Uh, it's a tough thing. You know, I'm a, you know, I mean, if you have a guy like that, look, look what it does. A guy like that? <laughs> uh, we won't go there. Holy cow. That's nasty. What, what are you implying here, Kevin? Jeez. You know, we just uh, seem to really struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyways, that was our Dr. Phil creepy mustache mushy moment of the day. But you know what, Cat Daddy? Dude, thanks a bunch for coming back on The Revolution! Oh, yeah, man. You know, uh, I just got done whooping down some ribs. Oh. Memphis-style Memphis ribs. Ooh, seriously. <laughs> That's like oh, a hybrid. Yeah. So, you been on fishing recently, Cat Daddy? Yes, I have. And I got a whopper of a good one for you. Now, no, where, no. where'd you go, first of all? Well, we went down the old Call River. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, she was belly full, buddy. Mm, kind of like come you right up, now. Come up 13 <laughs> feet. 13 feet? Holy cow. Yeah, the first day it started to rise. The second day it went high as the sky, boy. You, you guys have gotten that much uh, precipitation down there, huh? Oh, I'll tell you what. It just, man, I don't know where the heck all that water come from. It come way up north a little ways. But we had a heck of a time catching any fish. We set out 25 lines. Oh, wow. Log lines and limb lines. is a 8 and 12 inch goldfish. Hmm. And then we purchased him from the bait head. What a well, place. Old Don, Don Hudley. Hudley. Only place in the world to go. <laughs> oh, Mr. Hudley, yeah. And boy, <laughs> let me tell you something, man. You know, when the rivers belly up like that and it's got trash from the one bank to the other, it's hard. It's actually hard to fish that daggone river. Oh, yeah. You got to have, have a weight the size of a mailbox. <laughs> you got current in every spot you look. It's just slamming. You got to dodge the trees and stuff. But when you overcome all the... Uh, Problems you have when the water's high like that, and she's really blasting, you can still catch fish. Oh, Wait, there you you know, like up in Colorado, they get the spring runoff. Obviously, the water raises a bit. It gets really murky. Does the water there get, like, really murky, and it's just it's hard to chocolate. see? Really? <laughs> now, I mean, you can stir it with a fork. Now, obviously, you have to well, have... I tracked a raccoon across that river one time. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, obviously, you have to have, thanks for that, Jim, a great presentation for um, the fish to even come in when the water's like that. Well, man, it, you know, it brings out the best in the cat, man, when the things are the worst. Ah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And that's why we went with the extra large goldfish, you know. Mm. Smaller ones wouldn't have quite give out the vibration that I wanted it to because we had all that other different trash and stuff in the water banging around, mm-hmm. and they're having a hard time telling the difference. But I knew if I got, you know, 8 to 12-inch goldfish that they would fan around if I hung them a little high. Oh, okay. Rather than hanging them low. Yeah, were you fishing with that Chinese guy? Pardon? Chinese guy. Yeah, were you fishing with a Chinese one hung low? Oh, <laughs> God. Is this like amateur night at the comedy club? What is this? <laughs> that, was a, that was a Chinese Mexican right there, one hung low. a couple boys. That, uh, oh. One was from Lawrence, the other one was from right here in Topeka, and uh, he was a retired post office worker, and I, I didn't argue much with him. <laughs> Don't want him to go postal. <laughs> Snail mail. You know, they uh, from the get-go, when I first met these guys you know, on the phone, they said what they was really after was a good time and information and a lot of information. So you could give them the good time. Who would you hire for the information? <laughs> Big fish. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, you know, we couldn't find a sandbar to sleep on. Mm. Uh-oh. I mean, they were like 10 feet under the water. Oh, geez. So we pulled into this place up here uh, called Yogi Bear's. <laughs> Jellystone Park. Yogi yeah. Bear. Hey, boo boo. Be the OKOA. Oh, really? Camp Towns of America. Heck of a place. Boy, if you're river camping up around Lawrence, 
and, and you want to stay all night and the water's too high on the river, shoot your rear end over to Yogi Bear's <laughs> Jellystone Park Resort to ask for Nancy Morris. Now, where exactly is that located? On what highway? Well, that's on Highway 24 slash 40 North, 1800 Road. Do they have a website? Yeah, well, by golly, they sure do. Oh. Let me run that off to you. Sweet, this is like Jeopardy. I got it right. <laughs> it's Nancy at kcjellystone.com. That's their email. Do they have a web address? Well, I don't see a web address on here. Well, you know, you don't even need that. Just email them. See, oh, you can't that he was talking about them. You might be able to type in kcjellystone.com. Uh, <laughs> well, they're the only Jellystone Park in Lawrence that I'm aware of. I thought he said Yellowstone at first. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> It's about, is it Smuckers? <laughs> Jellystone. Yeah. I like a strawberry. Smuckers yeah. as in jelly. Yeah, we got it now, guys. The most trusted name in jelly. <laughs> hey, check this out. We we went up this little, uh, old kind of like a little crickway there. Uh, we broke out the rod and reel. We sat there fishing with fresh shag guts probably for about an hour, and I noticed the water had changed from a dark, dark brown muddy color to a really even blacker. Mm-hmm. Really? I don't know what the deal was with that, but the water current must have pushed in or eroded out something out of the bank because all that black water come up in there. We caught two nice blue cats while we were sitting up in there when that water changed. Seriously? Yeah, and I'm still trying to figure out why, you know, that happened. It might have just been a coincidence, but uh, it sure was different. Yeah. Uh, hey, we're on their website right now. Check it out, campjellystone.com. Well, I'll tell you what, I... You know, this must be the month for veterans, buddy, because uh, yeah. I've got more vets calling me up wanting to go fishing than I've ever had at any other time of the year. Serious. And uh, we're loaded up this whole next week. I mean, we're just going to take them out and shoot some lead. Some do-it mold. <laughs> We'd like to thank the fine people at do-it mold. Yeah, mm. so far we have we have listed uh, the bait hut. We've listed uh, Jellystone uh, Camper Park and now do-it mold. Any other sponsors yeah, you want to get in? It's kind of light no, this week. No, no, no. You know, you know, Jim, these ribs sure taste good, though. We got them down to Herman's. <laughs> Herman's. Hey, with the price of gas, we want to thank Texaco. <laughs> no, this is great. Now, Cat Daddy, if anybody wants to book a trip with Cat Daddy, where do we have to head to on the web to do that? www.catdaddyguideservices.com. And this has been brought to you by Ruger Firearms. Check them out at Ruger.com and Ram Trucks. You can find them as well at Ram Trucks. Is it ramtrucks.com? Ramtrucks.com. And Ram- also Otis Tech. Otis, yeah, check them out at Otis. This went like seamlessly. <laughs> OtisTech.com. And coming up after the break, we're going to hear from Nick Rose with Wildlife Properties. And this is, that's right, oh yeah, The Revolution. Get outdoors, you pale freaks. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Stay right there. We'll be right back. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports the top 20 towns are in vote at wfnfishingtown.com for the ultimate fishing town world fishing network and eagle claw will award the top voted town a $25,000 community donation cast your vote today this is george thornton with the national wild turkey federation and if you're looking for great hunting you'll find it in kansas You may already know about the great pheasant hunting here, but did you know Kansas is also a great place for quail, deer, geese, and my personal favorite, the wild turkey? Learn more about turkey hunting in Kansas at www.travelks.com. Hey, you're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav, and the phone lines are open at 785-846-7... 
No, that's fraud. See, you should have let me butt in. 855-846-7647. Jim, that was beautiful. Not really. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> no, obviously, this week we've been talking about the pros and cons of baiting, and we have got our... we got a convict on the line because he's con. No, this is <laughs> Nick Rose. He's got my wildlife properties, and he is our resident habitat expert here on The Revolution. Nick Rose, welcome back to The Revolution, man. Hey, thank you, fellas. Always my pleasure. It's great to be on here and great to have the intriguing discussions that you guys bring up every week. <laughs> well, obviously, Nick, baiting is a hot-button topic right now. I don't care if you're at your local donut shop, looking online, or sitting in your living room talking with your friends right now. It seems like every outdoorsman and women are very forthright with their feelings when it comes to baiting. But, you know, a lot of biologists, Nick, have stepped up and said that baiting actually encourages and even promotes the spread of CWD, chronic wasting disease and bovine tuberculosis because these deer are actually getting more face-to-face time when they're feeding from the same pile or feeding station. So it's going to be pretty hard for us three to sit here and dispute these claims. So do you think, Nick, to preserve the game species that we're going after, that all baiting should be um, eliminated entirely? Now, we're not talking about food plots. We're talking about baiting, like setting corn out. Or do you think that there should be some sort of regulation set forth to monitor the quantity of bait that is actually being uh, distributed? You know, I think that they... One, it's a hard question to answer because you really have to get down and then define what baiting is. You know, uh, I've heard a couple of the guys on the show this week talk about, and, and a lot of the folks in the habitat world that I talk with, you know, do you consider food plot baiting? You know, do you consider supplemental feeding with mineral rocks baiting? Yeah. Uh, or is it truly the guy that goes out there and dumps a pile of corn, you know, a couple of days before he hits the stand? You know, you've got to really define baiting before you can start putting legislation and rules and limitations on, on what it is and what you can do with it. That being said, and going back to your uh, medically directed question there about the, the, the disease transmission, <laughs> I think it's a huge problem, you yeah. know, and, and it's something that we've got to think about because it's starting to become something that, that man and, and us as hunters and, and outdoor enthusiasts are contributing to the deterioration. Wow, that was a hard thing to say. Wow. The deterioration of the wildlife species out there. So it's something that we've got to do in a responsible manner. I think it's something that the state wildlife departments need to monitor and need to regulate, and it needs to not be a, a knee-jerk reaction one way or another to slap a law against it saying, hey, you can't bait, uh, because there's so many different positive things to baiting. You know, and, and one of them, I'll throw them out there, we use baiting at wildlife properties on a constant basis, and it's not to kill animals. It's to take inventory of them. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we set up trail cameras constantly, and we're monitoring things throughout the year, and we're using different types of bait, you know, that are seasonal to attract deer and other wildlife species to our cameras so that we can look at and evaluate the herds and the species and see what kind of real physical condition they're in. So that's a real positive thing that baiting can be used for. Well, you know, one of the things we talked about was, say, say you bought a piece of property from Nick, and it happened to be a pass-through piece of property, but you're surrounded by, you know, corn and wheat and milo and all of these other things that are out there. But what, what you have to do is you have to create that food plot to get them to stay on your particular piece of property. Otherwise, it's always going to be a running lease. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't know how many, how many you know, I, I talked about trail cameras and, and us using baiting. You know, a lot of times we, we've almost completely gotten away from doing corn piles because more times than not, you have raccoons, skunks, <laughs> and other kind of uh, varmints that are out there just tearing into those corn piles, you know, than the deer or the other game species that you truly want there. So, you know, don't waste your time. Just go after it. Go, go commit to it. You know, create a good food source. 
create good habitat. That's going to benefit the area. It's going to benefit your property. It's going to benefit your lease. It's going to benefit your hunting stand. And you know what? There's some great literature out there about some, you know, real low-cost, easy-to-do uh, perennial food plots that all you need is a rake and a spreader, and you can get mm-hmm. out there and, and make a food plot. You don't have to have fancy equipment. You don't have to have tractors, hose, discs, all that stuff. You know, it's just being, you know, putting the time into it and, and going out there with a rake, literally a rake, and just raking up some ground and throwing down some seed. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is, like you're saying, and not that there's anything wrong with putting out corn. If you want to do it, go ahead and do it. However, it's just a quick fix. It's really right. not going to improve the habitat or the quality of the deer. Or There's any, no longevity to it. It's kind of like going and buying three, two beers at the grocery store. You want the real <laughs> deal, you got to go to the liquor store. <laughs> that sounds bad, but it's actually true. And so really, like you're saying, honestly, in the long run, you're going to spend less money if you put it into a food plot rather than a bait pile. That's right. I'm not going to look down or condescend to anybody for doing that. For oh, baby. no. Because it is. It's, it's a quick fix, and, and it is a great way to attract game to a spot. But, again, you just you don't have the consistency. You don't have the guarantees that it's going to work either. I've hunted over corn piles when I was younger, and, and like I said before with, with the trail camera thing, I end up with a stack of raccoons and squirrels, and, and, and that's all I'm seeing out of the tree stand and, and no deer. So it's, it's just a, it's a crapshoot, just like sitting out there in the tree stand without anything is. So just, you know, put the time into it. Do it right. Yeah, and then the fur market went to hell, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've been talking with Nick Rosen. Of course, he's talking about get out there and uh, develop a food plot. That's right. Hey, Nick, hey, blah, blah, blah. That went really well. (laughs) Seamless, Trav. Seamless. (laughs) Nick, if we want to find out more about you and uh, wildlife properties, where can we head to online? Where can we get some furs? Yeah, where can we get some furs? (laughs) Oh, just go to the website. Uh, It's mywildlifeproperty.com, www.mywildlifeproperty.com. We got a Facebook page. It's Facebook forward slash mywildlifeproperty. I've got an email address. It's Nick at My Wildlife Property. Uh, any one of those ways is great to get us. Sign up for our newsletter. You can get information and tips on how to create the habitat that we're talking about instead of baiting uh, on your property. And, and, and we'll talk about a whole bunch more. Plus, you can check out some of the awesome Kansas hunting properties we have. Yeah. Uh, we don't just have hunting properties. We've also got investment properties. So if you just want to you just want to make money and own land like a king. <laughs> yeah, can you give me a badger head? Because that raccoon thing is way overdone. <laughs> no problem, man. For you, anything. I get you a skunk one. <laughs> that would be nice. Well, hey, uh, this has been brought to you by, I don't know how to end it now. Yeah. This has been brought to you by Ram Trucks. Look them up at ramtrucks.com and Ruger Firearms. That's Ruger.com and Otis Technology. You can find them at otistech.com and Cabela's, the world's foremost outfitter, and Cabela's.com. But hey, boys and girls, coming up after the break, we're going to have a Chris Kiefer with Backcountry Quest and Hunt Rack One. Oh, gosh, man, is it going to be good? Because this is The Revolution. Someone kill the ad break. Um, okay. Get it real with real outdoors talk. It's The Revolution with Jim and Trev. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. 
Searching for a prestigious Kansas hunting property? Wildlife Properties has what you've been dreaming of. Owl Creek Hideaway is a 155-acre property located in the Big Buck country of southeast Kansas with two stocked bass ponds, nearly one and a quarter miles of creek, and more than 75 acres of income-producing CRP. This property is an all-around sportsman's paradise, sprawling timber, highlighted by mature stands of oak and walnut, and surrounded by productive crop fields. All the habitat elements are in place for producing trophy deer and turkey. Located a short distance from Wichita, Topeka, Kansas City, or Tulsa, and priced under 200 k this hunter's paradise won't be available for long. For more info or see a list of all farms wildlife properties have to offer, visit MyWildlifeProperty.com. That's MyWildlifeProperty.com. Or call Nick Rhodes at 785-282-6145 today. Get her done. Hey, you're deep in the heart of the Revolution Nation, and you can stay in sync with our every move by going to OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com, where you can find links to our Twitter and Facebook pages. Hey, heads up, folks. Don't forget to listen to our weekly podcast. Hey, what are you from Canada, Jim? Jeez, oh, Pete, <laughs> you ain't no Jim Shoggy. And don't pretend to be in <laughs> sync. That was horrible. <laughs> I do like in sync. <laughs> Anyways, we've been kicking around and discussing the pros and cons of baiting. And just fun of the revolution is old Chris Kiefer from Backcountry Quest. You know, Chris, we got a couple questions for you, man. And before you answer these, we really want you to just kind of mull them over, think about it for a second, and then respond. Because some of these questions are going to be kind of tough, and especially this first one in general. So you know what? I hope you're wearing your big boy panties. <laughs> what do you think of these? Now, Chris, do you personally believe, man, that baiting is bad for the deer or do you think is bad for the public's perception of the hunter? Because as you know, in this industry, there is just hundreds and hundreds, and I mean hundreds of organizations and groups of people out there that are constantly, and I mean, these guys are relentless when it comes to attacking the sport of hunting. So do you feel personally, Chris, that baiting gives them easy ammunition and us outdoorsmen and women a black eye? Now, this is not how Jim and I feel. We think if you want to bait, Go bait all you want. I don't give a crap if you dump out 100 pounds of bait in front of your stand. That's your choice. That's your decision. Who cares? However, on the other hand, there are some people out there that feel as though this puts negative connotations on hunting. So uh, how do you feel about it? Well, I've got several different opinions on that, but I guess in our opinion, there's two different things. Yeah. One is baiting and one is feeding, supplemental feeding deer. Yeah. Um, you know, with rack one, uh, what we've tried to do is kind of come up with a system that enables you to feed your deer 365 days a year, supplement them, give them all the nutrients they need to get bigger and have a healthier herd. Yes. That's a little bit different than a gentleman that's going to take out uh, a dump truck full of sugar beets and pour it out <laughs> and, and, and sit over it. Exactly. You know so there's a little bit of a difference there. I believe in supplemental feeding your deer. I believe in giving everything they need to get healthy 365 days a year. As far as baiting goes, uh, an attractant used in front of your tree stand, um, I don't see that any different than if you were to hunt over top of a, uh, a cornfield or a food plot. So, yeah, I think there's two different things there that, that, that would need to get discussed. Well, you know, in Rack 1, now you have a, a year-round supplemental feeding system. Wh- which and, is great. Yeah, which is. And right now, you have mentioned before we went on the air that you got fawns dropping on the ground. And, of course, Mama needs to uh, be able to provide milk for that. And so your supplement actually enhances that, right? That's correct. Absolutely. You know, we have... Uh, the two phases that are in right now, that uh, you know, we, we broke it down into four phases of a whitetail. Condition, grow, scout, and hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, we're into condition and grow. This is like probably the most important time and probably the most overlooked phase 
of a whitetail. You know, a lot of guys that go bow hunting or go rifle hunting, when the season's over, they hang up their bow, they put away their rifle, and they say, I can't wait for next year. Uh, and that's just not the case. You know, if, if you condition your deer using a, a pellet, a 365-day overload pellet, or putting out accelerator minerals, the deer are getting everything they need to not only have a healthy herd, but just like you mentioned, have healthier fawns uh, and be healthy moving into the all-important grow season, which is through the summertime. Well, hey, Chris, you know, real quick, man, I need you to sit down and uh, please try to uh, contain your excitement because <laughs> it's real time, baby! Woo! Letters, oh, we get letters. We get your letters every day. I just love this segment! Time for the Revolution Mailbag. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so a Harry in Texas writes, Hey, Jim and Trav, another thing that is often overlooked with baiting in a hunting situation is that the baiting usually ends when the season ends, on the eve of winter. Basically, after 60-plus days of being programmed to come to the welfare food truck, deer have the rug pulled out from under them just when they need the site's feed to pull them through the winter. And you know, Chris... Harry brings up a very good point. A lot of guys do do this. Now, if they want to do it, that's fine. There's no laws against it, and they can do that. However, that is not how I would manage my property or the wildlife on it. However, sadly enough, um, a lot of guys do do this. But that's one of the great things about Rack 1 Whitetail Systems is that you guys actually care for their well-being um, all year round. That's exactly right. We're, we're, we're one of the companies that are coming out and saying, it's not just about baiting. It's, yes. not, it's not about attraction. It's about nutrition. It's, it's about entire herd health. You know, a guy that is going to take out a bag of rut fuel and put it in front of his tree stand at 20 yards, we're not saying you're going to grow big deer by using that bag. You oh, no. kill a big deer uh, because it will attract them right to your tree stand, and that's a possibility. But at the same time, the only way to grow big deer nowadays is to 365 days give them what they need. And, and, and we're coming out with the four phases and telling people, you shouldn't put corn in a corn feeder and turn it on 60 days before season and shut it off. Well, you know what we're going to do? We we actually developed a blind made out of carrots. Yes, we did. <laughs> and we're hoping to be able to get some big bucks. And they're back. dipped in molasses. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Doc, Chris, man, thanks so much for being on The Revolution. This has been brought to you by Ram Trucks. You can find them at RamTrucks.com and Lupo Tactical Optics, makers of the Mark IV Rifescope blind. Look them up at Lupo.com and how about Blackhawk? You can find them at Blackhawk.com and Otis Technology. Look them up at OtisTech.com and don't forget about Cabela's. They are the world's foremost outfitter at Cabela's.com. And this has been, that's right, thanks a bunch for listening. The Revolution. Oh, can you feel the revolution love? <laughs> yeah, okay. Change your life and start living the revolution today at Twitter.com forward slash underscore OTN. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Who's watching your home when you're not there? It could be a burglar. Burglars prefer to break in when they think no one is home, and no one will stop them. Don't be an easy target for intruders. Protect your home with a free security system monitored by ADT, the leader in home security. Pick up your phone right now and get free hardware, free medical and fire alert, and free activation. It's an $850 value. Just call Protect Your Home, your authorized ADT dealer, at 1-866-669-8954. You'll get 24-hour protection, and there's no cost for parts or activation. 
Call now about a free security system monitored by ADT. Call 1-866-669-8954. $99 installation charge, 36-month monitoring agreement at $35.99 per month. Call for terms and conditions to this offer and protect your home license numbers. Call now, 1-866-669-8954. That's 1-866-669-8954. Most kids growing up who had a family member that took them fishing have had an experience with creek fishing. It's a great way to learn by catching loads of these fish that inhabit these creeks. I'm Tom Sikas and this is In Fisherman Radio. We'll talk more about kids and creeks after these messages. Thousands of people have been affected of recent from natural disasters such as severe flooding and horrific tornadoes in Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Louisiana, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, North Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, and many other states. And if you can, please consider becoming a volunteer, giving blood, or a donation today. And to learn more how we can help and grow stronger as a nation, just head for redcross.org or liveunited.org. Thank you very much. Potential. That can be a troubling thought to some of us. Either you live up to it and meet expectations, or you don't. And then there are those who aim to exceed potential. The ones who go out and dare to be great. Reset the bar. Ignore the critics. Because they have the vision and the guts to live outside the walls of expectations. They go beyond the trappings of fads and trends. And they make machines that last. They design with a greater purpose. They work at places like Ram, where they make trucks like the outdoorsman. For people like you who seek far-reaching places. The new 2011 Ram Outdoorsman. Guts. Glory. Ram. Ram is a registered trademark of Chrysler Group, LLC. Welcome back to In Fisherman Radio. Bringing kids who are just learning how to fish to creeks is a great opportunity to get on some fish in early spring. I asked In Fisherman editor Jeff Simpson why that's the case. These are just great spots in the springtime because you have you have water running in, you know, Bait fish, minnows, uh, fish are swimming up these creeks uh, in in search of a spawning location. They are just uh, a great spot to attract and concentrate lots of fish. Now, it, kids don't don't care. What you want is something that's easy to catch and that's going to tug on their line. So there, there's all kinds of like crappies and and perch, uh, bullheads carp suckers whatever the case may be there's going to be fish up in these spots and and they're they're not really hard uh to catch whether you're using a bobber which is a a great visual thing uh for kids to watch that bobber go down and and give that cue that they have a bite also with uh you can cast out uh set uh set rig which is a a small you know with a weight with a short leader and, and some live bait and just and just venture and explore and and the kids can 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 play with rocks they don't have to be hardcore fishing but when they get a bite tell them and they can reel the fish in and just spend time adventuring on these cricks now with jeff simpson i'm tom Sikas, and that's in fisherman radio for today 
Hey, Trav, you know compact trucks may not be as popular as a full-size truck. No, really. But you know what? They're still in high demand. Yes, they are. Hence, this week's review of the Toyota Tacoma. What's a Tacoma? Jim, tell me what a Tacoma is. Hence, the is Toyota it... Tacoma. No, we're going to go with the Tacoma. Tacoma. The... Toyota has a new line of pickups like out. It's called a rocket. like your old girlfriend it's, had. It's called a Tacoma. Tacoma. <laughs> well, you can't even get right what you messed up. It's Tacoma. <laughs> no, Tacoma. The, the new 2011 Tacoma. From Toyota. <laughs> no, it's, hey, a- it's comfortable, it's capable, it's reliable, it's fuel efficient, and it's touted as the best work truck in its size class thing. Whatever. Yeah, I can't even believe you tried to rectify <laughs> the situation by making it worse. That's what you just said. Right, you know. <laughs> anyways, you know, I was a bit skeptical, Jim, when we first got this Toyota. I was skeptical Tacoma. about this review. A review? <laughs> review <laughs> anyways i was a bit skeptical when we got this tacoma because it seemed a little small actually when you got inside of it i was surprised at how Pretty much roomy. leg room you actually had the back seat in it was fairly uh substantial in size i mean it had a lot of room put your dog carriers your guns stuff like that the only thing that i am gonna uh, complain about a little bit is that like elbow room you kind of sitting there rubbing elbows didn't have a lot of room for your upper body if that makes any sense jim's head didn't fit real well in there. <laughs> no it's actually a very nice truck I got to say for the um, compact market. Yeah. Hands down. Best one out there. Yeah. Now, I'm really notorious for strapping down my cargo. No, you're not. Probably to excess. Okay. (laughs) What? But it came in really handy. These tie downs that they have in the back of the truck. They're movable and they're also stationary track systems for storage compartments. Hey, and as a bonus, we found that the rear seats lifted open, like you said, to reveal a work table underneath, which came in really handy. I never said anything about the rear seats. (laughs) <laughs> but um, also, you know, just as bad as you are at um, reading, reading scopy, copy, uh, copy, <laughs> just talking there for that go. matter. I have really, that. Jim, you know, you're known around here as Mr. Safety First. <laughs> you strap things down, my butt. Anyways, no, this is a great truck. After it flies out of the truck. For the price, you can beat it. It's extremely reliable, has a lot of power under the hood. The thing is great for towing. If you just need an all around um, great vehicle and you're looking more in the in compact, compact truck, truck design. Thank you for that. Um, it's a wonderful <laughs> truck. Check out the 2011 Tacoma at Toyota.com. Hey, we want to give a special thanks to all of our 362 affiliate stations around the world, our advertisers, and everyone that makes the show possible, like Miss Bunny, Peggy Sue, Mark Benary, and our guests such as Hank Parker, Steve Scott, Cat Daddy, Nick Rose, Chris Keeper, and Matt Buzzbuzz, just to name a few. Still, you don't thank me. And thank you, Trap. You're welcome. Ooh. Anyways, coming up next, we got... The Revolution. Ram Trucks will school us on the ever-growing threat of predators. And their drone. You're a drone. A predator drone. Anyways. We just drone on. So we are. (laughs) Jim and Traff. And your local news and weather is coming up next. We think. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. 
visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 